Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog podcast today i have an incredible guest here with me ari how are you my friend i am great thank you so much for having me pam oh my god it's such an honor to have you ari my goodness so we connected at family mastermind and i was just blown away at like your level of awesomeness and just all the work that you do i was like holy and then we got into talking about law of attraction i'm like dude this is my people This is my people. So I'm beyond pumped to have you here today and just to really hear your story and how you've built this multi-million dollar empire of yours and how you're helping people really every single day and kind of how you got there. So I'm going to start you off with one of my favorite questions, which is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Wow. Well, that's a great question. The thing that really inspired me because I was working in the shipyard 12 hour days and many times more if they needed you to. Yeah, when you're working in the shipyard, there's a thousand guys outside the gate that they can hire and Mm -hmm. they'll remind you that. So it's either you work what they're asking you to work, you do what they're asking you to do or you're gone. And so kind of the pressure of life, I had two little kids at the time and just working so hard in a blue collar environment, it's so difficult, it's just literally backbreaking. I actually physically have back problems from it still. But um, it's literally backbreaking. And so, and, but while I was working so hard, I loved to download movies. I was one of those Pirate Bay guys. <laughs> and, one of, <laughs> and one of the movies that I saw, and this was in 2000 or 2001, and one of the movies that I downloaded, it just said secret.avi. It was just the file name, secret.avi. I was like, huh. The file's a secret, I guess. It's, it looks like it's a movie file, .avi. So I'm going to download it, right? So I downloaded this movie, and it turned out it was that documentary, The Secret, by Rhonda Burns. And so oh, it introduced me. Yeah, yeah. Favorite. And it introduced me to that idea of the law of attraction. And so and when, when I first saw that documentary, it was just, it was absolutely overwhelming. And of course, it was after working a 12-hour shift. I was at home. I was like, oh, it finally finished downloading. So I was able to watch it. <laughs> And I was by myself, you know, the kids were asleep. I was by myself watching the movie and, um, or the documentary. And I just remember being so overwhelming, like so many realizations throughout. And of course, that documentary is rather actually a simple explanation of law of attraction. It's, it doesn't really dive that far into it. It's right. kind of topical, if you will. And, yep. um, but what I did was I looked at a lot of the teachers that were on The Secret, one of them being Abraham Hicks or The Teachings mm-hmm. of Abraham I started watching more of the Abraham videos and reading Abraham's book, Teachings of Abraham, and it absolutely changed my mindset to the point where I realized I did not need to keep on. I literally didn't need to go back into work. That's a little psycho thinking, right? (laughs) So, but in the secret and law of attraction asks you, what do you want? What do you desire without the contradictory thought, without the thought of, I want this, but I can't have it because of that. I want this, but she won't let me. I want this, but my boss would never, you know, like without the contradictory thought, what do I actually want? It seemed to me that what I would want is to have lots of everything, (laughs) lots of everything from family to friends, to money, to happiness, to just lots of all the things that I desired and to have them in abundance. And of course, everything that we've been taught growing up tells us, teaches us the opposite of that, right? Right. You know, everything's difficult to attain. You know, every, you know things are, are costly. It's hard. You know, yeah. if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. All these types of things. When in re- reality, all of it, you know, when we think of the environment that we live in, we live in an atomic environment. Everything that we know of is made up of, of atoms. It's all made up of energy. It is, there's nothing that we know of that is outside of that. A hundred percent. Nothing that we know of that's outside of that. And yet the energy that makes up the atomic world is timeless. It doesn't experience gravity. It doesn't have a start stop cycle. Everything that we know of in the third dimension starts and stops. There's not literally nothing that doesn't, but yet the energy that makes up all of that, that makes up our body 
in and of itself is timeless. Mm -hmm. Doesn't experience gravity, doesn't experience any of what the third dimension experiences. It just is recycled over and over and over and over and over. And law of attraction states that that energy, along with consciousness, is the God force process. Mm -hmm. The observation, the energy, the manifestation. And so after seeing that documentary, I decided I wanted to quit my job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to go. But I did know that I wanted to move to Florida because I had family down here. And so I started looking on places to find a job. So at the time, I went on Craigslist. And I was like, what jobs are there in Florida? And so I'm looking, <laughs> find me jobs in Florida. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And so I'm looking and I'm like, wait, there's a lot of requests. Like a lot of people are posting, a lot of businesses are posting for cable installers to install cable internet and cable TV. Hmm. So I was like, maybe that's what I'll do, right? I, I, I don't know. Like law of attraction is telling me just to choose something, try something, get outside. Don't be a fool and an idiot. You know, like follow your heart, but take your brains with you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was like, well, I can't just, I looked at my bank account. I was like, I can't just leave because I don't got nothing to leave with. Right, <laughs> so right, right. I should probably try and get one of those jobs up here first, get some experience so that when I move down there, I don't come in as a, a helper. I come in as a journeyman. Mm. And so I applied and I went and I got a job installing cable right there in Norfolk, Virginia, where I lived at the time because there's a lot of shipyards in that area. Mm. And so the, and the, the, the cable that I was installing was called IPTV, Internet Protocol TV, and it worked over phone line. It wasn't even installed over cable, it was actually over phone line. And it was like a more of an, of an expensive installation because it was way less common to be doing this DSL than just to be doing normal cable. But either way, this company Cavalier, they were hiring for that. So I hired into a contractor that was contracted to Cavalier to do these installations. I got hired in there. Within two weeks, the guy that hired me put me in charge of that office. And I'm thinking, is this law of attraction stuff is amazing. <laughs> Within two weeks of quitting my other job, I, I'm literally in charge of this other office. I'm making more money than I did before, which wasn't a huge amount, but I was working less hours. Instead of working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, which is 84 hours a week, I was working less than 40 hours nice. and bringing in more money than I was previously. And so to me, that was like, this law of attraction stuff is amazing. Simply by focusing more on what I desire and less on what I feared, more of what I desired was coming into my manifestation, coming into my experience. And of course, the hard part is to not be fixated on what we're afraid of because right. that causes so much energetics within our vortex that we end up manifesting that. And so mm -hmm. just to stay focused. But of course, that's a hard thing to do. So as the cable thing was working so well, suddenly Cavalier stopped giving jobs to the contractor that I had hired in at. And so the whole thing started slowly going down. And I'm like, is this law of attraction thing working out? Like why, how come mm -hmm. this, it was working? Do I have to go back to the shipyard? Uh, you know, what are my kids gonna think? But at, all along, I had been getting this phone call from this weird dude that I knew in Pittsburgh from many years earlier. His name was Dave Candle. I always thought he was really weird and out there. <laughs> Like seriously, and he moved here from California or he moved from, so, you know, you never know. So like Dave was just one of those types of guys that was, he was very eccentric. He was obviously very rich. He knew how to, to interact in the white collar world very well. And so I knew there was something there, but at the same time, it just, I wasn't in that world. I was in the blue collar world. Either way, because of the whole law of attraction thing, I was like, you know what? Dave Candle's calling me again today. You know what? Maybe I'll just pick up his call. So I just, I picked up the call and usually I would just ignore his call. And, you know, he called me like once every three or four months, like just looking for, you know, people that would work from home under his work from home thing that he was doing. But yeah. I tried to do it back in the day and, and it just didn't work. I just wasn't engaging because he was doing high end loans in a few areas in, in California, like in Laguna Niguel and in uh, just a couple specific zip codes. And he had server processors that would go out and bring them the paperwork and very high-end mortgage service. But it was also complex for a young person, for me to understand at the time, coming from the blue collar world. Right. And so I tried to do it from home, but I, I couldn't do it. I just didn't understand it. And um, I had a lot of lessons that I needed to learn first. So that's why I kind of just ignored Dave. I was like, yeah, he wants me to do that 
mortgage thing again. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how to do that. Right. So eventually one day I pick up his call. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, the law of attraction is telling me, try something new. Mm -hmm. If the universe keeps bringing this to me, stop pushing it away. Let me at least have a conversation. So I talked to Dave and what he wanted me to do at that time was to take an audio file, which was just a file on the computer and to convert it to a different format so he could use it on his website. So I was like, okay, it's a normal Dave request. Very strange and weird, right? <laughs> so he emails me the file. I take it, I convert it from one you know, uh, audio format to another in this program I had and I sent it back to him. But in the meantime, I also listened to it. And what it was, was it was this doctor telling people, giving his testimonial of what Dave had done for his business. And it was that he had got him all this business credit. And I was like, oh, interesting, business credit. You know, I thought Dave did mortgages. Okay, whatever. Either way, as long as he pays me to convert that file, I'm okay. That's all I cared about. I just wanted him to PayPal me the $20. So, <laughs> <laughs> so after that, Dave's like, hey, you did a really good job of converting that file for me. Why don't you come and work for me? So this is just the normal Dave trying to get me to go work for him. I was like, you know what, Dave? This whole cable thing is kind of crashing. I was like, let me think about it and I'll call you back. So that same day, I get a call telling me that we're going to literally have to lay everyone off in the office. The, the Cavalier contract has come to an end. That's that. And the, the guy who owned the contracting company, he was recommending that I go and apply for unemployment. So I was like, dang, I got to go apply for unemployment. Maybe I should call Dave. I mean, all this is literally happening right in the same time. So I called Dave and Dave was like, oh, you're interested? All right, I'm going to fax you over some lead sheets, some sheets of some leads of some people that might be interested in the service. And I was like, Dave, what is the service? He's like, go on the website. I was like, uh, I already saw the website. I have no idea what it is. You know what I mean? It says... <laughs> It's talking about business credit and credit cards and stuff like that. I've like, I, I don't know anything about that. I don't even have any credit cards, Dave. I have bad credit. And, and he's like, just listen, okay, I'm going to send you over the leads. Look at the website, call some of the leads. If you can't get them to buy, then I guess we can't work together. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> Challenge <Okay>. accepted. <laughs> sounds, sounds like normal crazy Dave, right? Where it's like he wants something so bad, but then doesn't ever put any energy into trying to make it come to fruition. Either way. He faxed me in. So he faxed me. At the time, we had fax machines. And so and with the Cavalier contract, with doing like the DSL stuff, we had to have a, 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 I had to have a fax machine. So I know it sounds weird. People are like, what is a fax machine? But I got a whole stack of leads in my fax machine. And I take them and I'm looking at them, just names, numbers. And I look at the website and I call the first one. And I'm talking to them about business credit and credit cards. And interestingly enough, they actually were somewhat interested in it. <laughs> I had no idea. I, this was my first white collar work I'd ever done in my entire life. My first work that was not like picking up something heavy, you know, welding something, reading blueprints. Eventually, within that first week, I actually get someone to purchase the service. I was actually surprised that people were interested and it made me excited. The more I called, the more I realized. I mean, there was a, a, some people that were like, like, no, I'm not interested. Don't call me back or got upset. Very few though. Most of these leads were, were actually in synergy with wanting loans. He had got the leads from his mortgage business. And so, you know what I mean? He was just kind of taking the mortgage business and retooling it into this new thing that he was doing, which was business credit. And basically what happened was, as Dave was providing loans, the loan to value amount from the lenders was dropping and dropping and dropping. They're like, you need to have 20% on hand. Then it went up to 22%. Then it went to 25%. Then it went up to 30%. And so this was the cash that they had to put down. So the loan to value amount was dropping and the amount of cash that the borrower needed to bring to put down was going up. So mm -hmm. what were a lot of these people that Dave worked with, they were small businesses essentially. Right. And they were, they directly represented themselves. They were contractors, they were actors, they were, you know, they, they directly represented themselves. And so essentially what we did was we went and got them business credit cards in their business's name that they then were able to use to help out with that stopgap money so that they had cash to put down. Mm. And so after we did, and Dave was charging 1500 an hour to do that. And the, and then when he brought me on, he was selling the, the, the program directly for, a, for one cost. And so, but he was still doing the consulting 
for clients that were trying to transition their loans. And he was charging $1,500 an hour for that. $1,500 an hour for what we now charge just a flat $4,000 for. And at that time, we could easily be charging a client $15,000, $20,000 in order to get them to, you know, $300,000, dollars $500,000 of this type of business credit card funding. Wow. And so we then packaged it into a program. And uh, well, David actually already created that package. And in that, he just had created a one price point. From there, we've then put all of these other services under that price point. And of course, the price point is raised since that time. But um, that is pretty much how I got into to doing Fund and Grow. And so at the time, it was called Credit Card Builders. And I worked for Dave at the time, and of course. And so about two years later, after I'd moved down to Florida, after I'd already purchased a house, I get a call from Dave Candle. And Dave's like, Ari, he's like, I need you to buy the company. And I'm like, all right, Dave, what happened? Are we under investigation? Uh, <laughs> like, what's going on? What do you mean you're going to put, you want me to, you're going to put the company in my name? You want me to buy the company? I was like, why don't you ask Dan? And because Dan is a guy that's, that he was working with for a long period of time. And I still work with Dan. Dan is our chief financial officer of Funding Growth today. Wow. But Dan had worked with Dave for many years. Dan actually was the neighbor kid to Dave. And so he ended up working on mortgages with, uh, Dan's actually smarter than I am, so, but he ended up working on mortgages and all kinds of stuff with Dave. But Dave had offered for Dan to buy the company. And Dan said, you know what, I think, I think you should do it Ari. Ari would probably be better because Daniel's more of a, of a chief financial officer material. He's, he's an accountant and he's, he excels at those types of things better, less so at public speaking and engaging and stuff like that. So Dan recommended to Dave, hey, talk to Ari. Maybe Ari will buy it because it would start with Ari and then maybe I'll think about it. And so at this point, Daniel is now our CFO and works for me. And the, the, you know, the company, Dave has actually passed away a number of years ago. So hopefully he's looking down on us very happy. But at that time, when Dave sold the company to me, the revenue we had done was around 200,000 in that, in the entire year. And so my thinking was Dave just never really thought that the company would become what it is today. Mm. Mostly because he was short-sighted in the way that he worked with employees, trying to get people to work from home, not creating a real team. There's a lot of commitment that you have to have to buy, you know, the million dollar building that we're in to have 65 plus employees, you know, like you're, you're paying for a lot and you know what, not everybody produces every day all the time. It's simply the way that it is as your company gets bigger. And not that that's, of course, what you want, but there are simply times where there's redundancy. And that redundancy helps create a better customer service and program in that the, the client is going to get a better service, even though it costs you a lot more than you, what you would expect. You still end up making a lot more than what you're expecting because from a marketing standpoint, you're just bringing in so many units. Right. So at that time, we had done like around 200 in an entire year and we were bringing in you know maybe i can't even i can't even uh guess but probably a couple million in funding in the entire year wow <laughs> not very much and today we are of course as i was telling you when we were getting on pam we did 25 million in funding just last month alone and we're about to hit 1.4 billion in total funded. That's us being excited and putting our money where our mouth is because that's what we tell clients we're going to do. We tell them we're going to get them credit. We tell them we're going to get them access to funding at low interest that's unsecured. So it's safer for them. And that's us putting our money where our mouth is to be able to brag about that 1.4 billion. Oh my God. Bs for billions. I love that, Ari. I love everything about your story. Oh my God. I can't wait to get into funding girl, but I want to reel it back a little bit on you. So you mentioned that you've been blue collar really your whole life. You went from working 12 hours, seven day shifts at a shipyard. Like what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? Like what was your dream? I was uh, born into a family that was part of basically like an Amish community. And so like we didn't even have much technology and stuff. And so it wasn't until after I left the community that I even really started to think about what do I want to do? And I really didn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But before I knew it, I had two kids that I had to take care of. And uh, so that became my mission was to raise 
Kayla and Dimitri and to, you know, to, to give them what my parents had given me. And um, so that really had me focused, you know, like, like a lot of people might see Fund and Grow now and think that like, wow, it's, you know, just overnight they popped up, but they right. will forget. And they don't know the 16 hour days that I put in every single day to get to where I could have an office, to where I could have other consultants coming in and taking care of these things. Then the whole process of letting go, mm -hmm. of being able to let go of taking care of every single one of those clients and how someone's gonna mess up. They're gonna mess up. Someone's gonna do something. Yeah, you know what they are. Then they're gonna learn the lesson just like I did. Mm. And then we can move forward and we can have a team of people that can all do that and we can all collaborate. And at this point, they've taken what I taught them far beyond what I know. The sales team, they are vetting clients far beyond what I did. The client relations team is vetting clients and working with them, helping them on the credit far beyond what I did personally. The negotiations team has a much wider variety of, of banks to work with. Their negotiating ability and their process is much sturdier. It's much more compliant, is much more powerful than when I was doing it. Every single thing, when you create a team, every single aspect of what the client has to go through, it's just going to become better and better and better. And of course, if you have a whole team, then it's going to become the, the, the customer service aspect of it becomes more rock solid. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like, that was another question that I was going to ask you was like, you know, it seems like you're an overnight success, right? You're talking about the 1.4 billion mark, but like you mentioned, like the 16 hour days and all the things now, like once you got into this business, like how the hell did you grow it to this angle for all the entrepreneurs listening? They're probably like, they might be in your shoes where you were years back, right? Where you started this and you were kind of on your own. And then it's like, well, how do I scale, right? Scaling is the big Big question. The big question mark for a lot of entrepreneurs, like you mentioned some of the struggles that, you know, you had to build this foundation, all this stuff. So like, what were some things that helped you along the way to help you scale and kind of your journey through, through that? And then we can get into kind of like funding grow. What is business credit? Cause some people really may not understand, like really, you know, what is that? And there could be entrepreneurs listening that have no idea that there's this untapped market, right. That you could tap into. You know, for, for somebody like me, obviously buy more real estate. If I have more cash, I'm buying more real estate, period. Like that's what I'm doing. So would love to get into that. Yes. So that, so that's a great question. How did you scale to a $1.4 billion scale, company yeah. from a two, from 200 K, you know, that's a pretty, I mean, I know it took time obviously, but like, you yeah. know, what were some of the steps, you know, Dave approaches you and he's like, Hey, buy the company, man. And then you buy it. And then you're like, what happens next? <laughs> now, I had already been working with Dave for some time, and he'd already taught me quite a few things. Just like where I met you, Pam, at the Family Mastermind with Matt Andrews, Dave had taught me about affiliate marketing and affiliate networking. Mm. And so he sent me to a bunch of different events. Of course, by myself, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I was a blue-collar worker, never publicly spoken in my entire life, and Dave <laughs> thinks this is a good idea. But maybe, maybe he was on to something because I, I managed and I did a very, very good job. So at the time we were working with uh, some different affiliates, I, if I can recall, their names were Albert Aiello. Albert has also since passed on and is probably drinking rum in heaven with Dave right now or in hell, either way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we also work with another affiliate called Mr. Landlord. Jeffrey Taylor. I haven't seen him to do too much. I'm sure he's, he's still out there doing great things, but I haven't seen him in terms of marketing or his name out there. Uh, right. It looks like his website is actually pretty much the same. He might need to do an update on that, but either way. So the long and short of it was these were wonderful people to work with. And what they did was they showed us the ropes. So essentially what Al did was, and this is just so that viewers can get a sense of how affiliate marketing works and to get a, a synergy and cross promotion. So what Al did was he was a tax accountant and he was a asset protection specialist. So the asset protection was the, the largest part of what Al did. So when people are at the point where they need to protect their assets and they have a tax burden that they would like to reduce, these, these are the true wealthy people that we want to, to that's, that's the demographic that we want to serve. Whether the markets are up or down, those guys always have money to spend. Mm -hmm. So people that are focused on asset protection and tax reduction are our number one best demographic. They'll be in a variety of different industries, of course. You could have a real estate investor, you could have a solo entrepreneur. It doesn't matter what the industry is. If they are showing those indications of, protecting their assets and reducing their tax burden, then they are definitely the right client for us. So 
what we found by working with Al is that we were able to help so many of his clients that wanted to use other people's money instead of taking their own savings to, you know, to, 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 to help their business. And so Al's teaching them how to save money and how to protect their assets. We're teaching them how to get funding. So Al sends an email to his email list telling them like, listen, listen to everybody. I know you've already bought my service. I know you're already working on protecting your assets and saving money on taxes. But what you also need to do is you need to stop using your own money for investments. You need to use other people's money. You need to use funding, unsecured funding, safe funding, and funding that's at a really low interest rate. That's what you need to be using. And so people will come and they'd watch our video, our presentation, we call it a webinar. So they come and they watch our video. And after watching the video, they're like, wow, I really do need this. And Al has even secured me a discount. I'm mm. going to go ahead and get started. And so this affiliate promotions, and I know you're very familiar with it, Pam. I'm just breaking it down for viewers. Yeah, no, I love it. This is this is incredible because a lot of people don't know when I mention anything about affiliates, like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. It's like, it makes sense for companies to affiliate together, to work together. You're right. going to get far more from working together than you're ever going to get from trying to work on your own. And so uh, in Al's instance, Al Aiello was teaching about taxes and asset protection. Then Mr. Landlord, Jeffrey Taylor, was teaching about real estate. And so these are some of, uh, of the top industries that we work with, people that are, that are involved in real estate. They always need more money. They're always buying more properties. The cost of the properties is always a lot. They always need money for rehabs. And they're trying to do that while protecting their assets at the same time. And the business credit cards are perfect for that. For example, we've had a client that was flipping a house and they needed to put a new roof on. And so they went and they purchased the roof, the new roof, the shingles and everything on a credit card. They paid the roofing company with their credit card, with their fund and grow business credit card. And so the roofing company came, they put the roof on. However, it didn't pass inspection. So the county was trying to hold our client, you know, the, uh, the, the person who owned the property, they were trying to hold it to them because they own the property. Right. They don't care which company you hired. All they're saying is it did not pass inspection. Mm. But the company that this gentleman had hired, they were kind of acting scammy. They didn't want to come back and finish it. They're like, no, it's your problem that it's red tagged and it's not passing. Oof. And as we know, that's not the case. So mm. what they did was they called their credit card company on our, this is what we taught them to do this. They called the credit card company and they reversed the charge. They said, listen, this company is actively scamming us. We can prove it. Here's the paperwork from the county saying that it does not pass inspection. Here's their contract saying that we will have a fully functioned roof that has passed inspection. They sent it in. You know what the credit card company did? They pulled that 15 grand out of that roofing company's bank account and put it back onto our client's credit card. It's called a chargeback, just like that. Wow. So who do you think was calling them the next day ready to finish the roof? <laughs> yeah. So what they did was they're able by using a credit card is a form of asset protection. If you're it working is, with a yeah. contractor that you're not 100% sure about, this leaves you in charge. And sometimes does it cost 1% or 2% more? Yes. But guess what costs 100% being scammed mm -hmm. or not having your roof finished, not being able to sell the property, having to hold on to it for three, four extra months, having another roofing company come in to finish it to, to get past your red tag. And so the long and short of it is credit cards become an amazing form of asset protection when you're doing business to business purchases. Right. Absolutely. It's so incredible that you've taken this concept of affiliate marketing and really implemented it into your business and you grew it so much further than you ever could have done it yourself, Ari. I think that that's a beautiful thing because I always say further, faster, together, period. One person versus 10, 20, 30, like there's just no way, right? Like there's, there's, yeah. and I think there's this element to it too, because Tony Robbins says this, that business is a spiritual game. And it's my favorite quote of all time. Favorite quote of all time. Business is a spiritual game. If you believe in that abundance, this affiliate relationship type of style that you've done will work extraordinarily well. Because the people that I know that won't do affiliate stuff are the ones that are like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, that's just too much. I'm like, so you're yeah. telling me he would rather invest marketing and just throw money out there for people that may not even look at your ad, may not care about it, may not do nothing. And it's com completely cold lead rather than tell somebody, hey, I'll give you 20% of whatever. After the sale is made. How could you possibly go wrong? Yeah. Like what? And you're I know you've done that. 50% up front instead of paying 20% after the sale is made. 
That's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it's it's been a formula to your success. And so anybody who's listening, any entrepreneur, it's like, how do you get people to pay attention to you and to your product and your business and your service? Money. Yep. <laughs> like money captures the attention. If you're, you know, if it's worth their time, you know, you capture attention through money. And it's like, if you're going to reward somebody for mentioning you, there's plenty of money to be made because that person is going to do it once. And they're going to do it over and over and over. And you've kind of proved that the building blocks really helped you, right? Because you use these yeah. influencers in different spaces and basically targeted an audience that way, which is incredible. And then continue to do it kind of vice versa because you're both adding value. And I think that's a really important part. You're not just selling to your audience, right? You're, you're providing solutions to these people that, you know, they already are having these problems. So it's like, why not offer the solution through people that have trusted communities, right? Which right. I think absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. That's, that's the basis of affiliate marketing. Like I have a friend who owns a pressure washing business and me being me, I'm trying to encourage him. I'm like, no, you have to get affiliates. He's like, what do you mean affiliates? I do pressure washing, Ari. And I'm like, have you gone to any of the local schools and talked to them about getting a contract to pressure wash their, their sidewalks? Because that would be a big contract. Go to the county. Have you gone to any of the grocery stores? Have you gone to any of the local businesses? He starts to go out and look for affiliates. Look for other businesses that will spend on him. Suddenly, right. his entire pressure washing schedules filled up from a few phone calls, not from having to call house after house after residential person, but from businesses, from yeah. school districts, from grocery stores, from, from a, you know, a business that will keep giving many, many customers, so to speak, or contracts in the case of the pressure washing. But in the case of normal affiliate relations, you want to find like, for, in, in, for example, for us, we're getting funding. And Mr. Landlord, for example, teaches about real estate. Right. So real estate people need access to funding. This is simple synergy. And many people get that, that are getting access to funding might even want to learn about real estate. So now we can teach our students about him. And of course, now we don't even work with these, these particular fields. I'm just talking about from back in the day, you literally had me back remembering, you know, so many years ago, now we're working with much bigger names on a much larger level. And, but this, this whole process of affiliate marketing is our number one way of bringing in sales. And we do stuff through pay-per-click. We do stuff through other forms of marketing, but 90% of all of our sales are coming from affiliate marketing, from working together with other companies that have a need for their customers to have what it is that we're doing. We have, we have affiliates that they're not even able to sell something to their client unless their client has $100,000 of credit card available. We're literally helping finance a business in a box program from other companies. And wow. so some companies need their clients to have access to 50,000 or 100,000. And so we become a tool for them to be able to, to help that business grow because that business doesn't have the 50 or 100 to invest, but they can get that through the credit. Right. And, and so it's just great being able to help small businesses. We love helping small businesses. Our mission is to see people go from working as in the corporate world for working for other businesses to starting their own business. Yeah. And I remember talking at the, at the uh, mastermind with you and I was getting a little existential on the founding of America and stuff and saying back in the yeah. day, everyone used to, they were, they were a farmer, a trader, they were a creator of some kind, they right. were a builder and they would directly represent their wares in the market. Mm -hmm. in, in today's world, 99% of the population works for a company. Mm -hmm. Whereas it used to be 99% of the population directly traded their wares. And so they were in a sense, putting themselves in control of their own destiny and control of their, their income became vertical rather than taking forever. If you work for a business, you're only going to slowly make more and more and more, you know, as the years go on. Right. But right. you can really give your income a, a vertical boost by putting yourself in charge, creating your own business. And even if you need to do it by starting it on the side. Right. Well, the main thing is, Ari, too, like a lot of people want to start their own business. They don't know how to get access to the capital, right? Which is where you come in. So say there's an entrepreneur listening right now that's like, man, I need more cash to do this, this, and this, and this, to, or to start, or to you know continue to grow and scale my business. Now, what would you say to them with Fund and Grow, like some different solutions and how you've helped entrepreneurs kind of have access to all of that? So there are so many forms of funding out there. I have seen people mortgage their house. Mm -hmm. I've seen people give up 50% equity in their business 
Mm-hmm. I've seen people give up absolutely, uh, you know, amazing things in their life. I was about to say their kid, but <laughs> I see people <laughs> literally co-sign and do all kinds of crazy stuff to access as little as $25,000 to $50,000 of funding for their business. And everyone's aware of the, of, the, of the TV show, the Shark Tank TV show, where you'll literally have people going on to the show, giving up 50% equity in their business for as yep. little as $50,000 or $100,000. Yep. And these same people have good credit. These same people could be getting business credit cards that do not appear on their personal credit report. Mm. They report to the tax ID number of their business and they can get 100, 200, 250,000. Uh, we have actually clients above that, but our most common target amount that we're getting is around 250,000. Although again, we have clients that have gotten 300 and 400,000. Of course, they're more well-endowed clients. They have better credit and they've had better credit for a longer period of time, but none of the credit appears on the client's credit report unless we're trying to build personal credit. There are some cases where we need to help a client because they had bad credit and we need to help them build a robust personal profile. Mm. But the majority of all the credit that we're building is business credit. So it doesn't appear on the client's profile. They're able to use it instead of getting a home equity line of credit, putting their family home on the line. And a lot of another thing is a lot of people are selling the homes during the pandemic. A lot of people are selling the homes that their grandparents bought, that their mom and dad bought, that they grew up in. These are the, the family home. And I was just reading an article about how many families are selling the family home. And it's really heartbreaking and sad because this is most of the time how generational wealth is built for families. Right. Right. Owning their home. Right. But having access to this type of debt is really incredible because it doesn't show up on their personal report and they're able to have access to the capital. It's unsecured. So say, God forbid, something goes sideways, you're not on the hook for anything. You know, you won't lose your house. Yeah. Not taking the family home. They're not taking your car. They're not, you know what I mean? All these other things. There's no personal guarantees, which I think is really key for any entrepreneur who's listening to expand their capital or wanting to buy more real estate or whatever, just having some extra cash in the bank. Cause you know, market, the markets right now are just like left and right. Right. So it's like, how can you protect all of those assets? You know, I think this is a fabulous fabulous way to do this are and i mean it, and, it's incredible it's incredible yeah and i'm sure you've been on on enough cruises and gone around the islands the, the caribbean islands and maybe walked around on some of the islands and have you ever seen any of the homes that are being built that have it looks like the home's been there a while but there's still rebar sticking out the top yep and you see it, it's a common sight you see it in all of these island nations homes that could have three stories four stories one story there's still rebar sticking out the top Right. you know why? They're waiting to build the next level. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad built the first home. Then the kids, when they got married, they built the second level. The rebar is sticking up because they, do, they don't have the ability to get a bank loan to build the entire house. We right. have this amazing ability to use other people's money based off of a credit score. And people still think that they're under attack in America. In these other nations, they can't even build their own home. They're literally having to scramble just to build one level at a time. And all of us, we've all seen it. We've all seen the, the, the houses that have the rebar sticking out the top. If they could get a full loan, that's what they would be doing. They would be building it. They would be building their entire home. And then uh, I've heard some people say, well, it's because of the tax benefits of having a house that's not finished. Okay, remember we're talking about island nations. We're not, when you talk about tax benefits, it's such a first world thing to think. Right. You're collecting money from other people to give. That's not happening in these other nations. They're not right. getting those types of tax benefits from that. Those are, they have a completely different capitalist, different structure going on that's based off of tourism. Right. Based off of bringing people in. And so their banking system, the way that their, uh, their property rights work, everything is slightly different. And so, and now, of course, in, you know, in, in, in many of the islands, they're, they're, they basically have the, you know, a very Western structure, but I'm not, not every single island. Like you go to St. Thomas or Jamaica or a lot of these places, you're going to see examples of what I'm talking about. And here in America, we need to just be so thankful and then take advantage of these different options that are available that you can use to build your business without even taking your own money out, without even taking your savings, without mortgaging your family home. Right. You can take unsecured credit. And then what happens if you don't pay it back? If you don't pay it back, you now have a bad credit mark. So this is unsecured credit, meaning that they're not going to, let's say that you buy another vehicle for your company fleet. 
Yeah. And then you're unable to make the payment on that credit card. Well, the bank cannot take that van away. Whatever you bought with the credit card cannot be taken away because it's unsecured. There's no title on the item. Like a house, for example, you buy the house, there's a title, there's one loan for that house. If you don't pay it, they're coming and taking that house away. Mm -hmm. In the case of a car, same thing. You have a car, you have a title, you have a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. If you don't pay it, they're going to get their asset back. Nothing's lost. But in the case of unsecured business credit, it's not like that. They're literally giving you money without securing it on an item. It's unsecured. It's not secured, which is good for us. A lot of people are like, wait, it's unsecured. That's bad, right? It's like, no, 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 no. It's not secured on your car. It's not secured on your house. It's not secured on your kid. It's not secured right. on anything. It, it means that if you don't pay it, the bank, all they can do is just give you a bad mark on your credit report, which is bad. And we're not advocating for anyone not to pay their credit, but we are advocating for people to use the safest form of funding available. And that is business credit cards provided by the banks where they are not even able to take your asset. If you use a hard money loan, they're going to take, if you don't pay it, they're going to take your asset. If you mm -hmm. use a mortgage, you don't pay it, they're going to take your asset. Use a car loan, you don't pay it, they're going to take your asset. Most loans, you don't pay it, they're going to take your asset. On an unsecured credit card, that is not the case. Right, right. Now, a bank can always, let, let's say you happen to owe them a lot, like 100000 to one bank, all on one credit card or something. They do have the opportunity to turn around you and sue you as a deficiency, a deficiency judgment, but there's so much work for them to go through. Most of the time, they just end up writing it off. But again, we are not advocating for our clients to do that. Our clients don't do that. Our clients are not coming and paying us $4,000 just to ruin their asset of their credit. They're right. paying us $4,000 so that they can get access to hundreds of thousands of dollars of funding on an ongoing basis at 0% that's unsecured. Right. Which is amazing. And for any entrepreneur or anyone who's aspiring to like grow their businesses, a side hustle, whatever, like this is such an incredible tip and such an incredible way for them to gain access to this capital, which is the number one problem when it comes to anybody wanting to start anything, right? Or investing more or building their brand or whatever. Like this is such a secret key to really all of it, because if you have the resources to do so, you're going to expand out. The hardest part is finding those resources, right? So, all right, right, I think you provided some incredible insight for any entrepreneur, anyone really listening who's looking to grow more and, and do their thing, you know, and Fund and Grow is definitely an amazing tool to do that. Now, for you, this is, this is my favorite question, so I got to give it to you. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? And it could be business, it could be personal, it could be really anything. What would my older self tell my younger self? I would say my older self would tell my younger self to stay encouraged and to continue the course. Because for me, it was working 16 hour days and it was difficult. I had a partner that was very upset about that. And I had to keep working. I had to keep doing it. There was no one else that was going to do it. And so I just, what I would call stayed the course. I just continued to work. I guess a lot of people in their 20s and in their 30s aren't really focusing as much on a business and as much on, you know, just working as I was. But when you're coming from a 12-hour workday environment, it could easily be 14 or 16 in the shipyard, depending right. on if, if, they, if they have a ship that needs to get out and the Navy has a deadline. You know what I mean? They're, you're just going to keep working. They're going to keep working you. And if you don't want to, then there's plenty of other people that they can hire. It's, it's not a requirement, but if you want to keep your job, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the right. unspoken rule. If you don't want to get the pink slip and get laid off, then you're going to do what they need to do to get that contract finished. And then the bosses remember who was the one that stayed, who was the one that would work any hour. And they didn't complain and say, oh, my wife or my kids or this or that. They just stayed. They just worked. And so I put in that same ethic into my business. Mm -hmm. And that was even before Dave wanted to sell the company to me. That's just simply when I worked, I was like, I have to work hard. This has to be something that I continue to uh, just stay busy on the grind because otherwise, how is it going to replace the money I was making from the shipyard? But then mm -hmm. after that, when I got to a point where I was making more and I was making about 4,500 to 5,000 a month at the shipyard. When I got to the point where I was making that from home, I continued to only spend that amount. So then I was able to hire more people. I still only paid myself 5,000 a month. I was able to hire more people. I was able to hire more people. It wasn't until I, I was making, it was on the third year 
that I had made multi-million, like more than two million in one year that I even bought my first luxury car. Wow. Because it just, to me, it was very important to make sure that this was something that could continue. And so working hard was how it could continue. Being ethical was how it could continue. Uh, right. Making sure that clients got everything that they said they were gonna get is how it could continue. It had to be something that, that was gonna be ethical and loved and, and, and wanted because in my experience, I had always thought that scams came from the internet, that, you know, especially loan type things. Now in today's world, we're way more online, but remember we're talking literally 15, 20 years ago. Right. And so that's when it was like scam territory. People, you know, were, you know, that you had to like, well, let me come into your location, you know, I'll come and talk to you. We'll sit down, shake hands. And, you know, when you're dealing, you know, in all 50 states, it's, it's a little bit hard, you know, to build a business like that. But um, so my, my advice from my older self to my younger self is to stay the course, to know that if you continue to build, even if it seems slow, even if it seems like you're having to put all of your energy into it, nothing good came easy. It's not going to just come right away. You're going to have to keep building. And my brain, from a law of attraction standpoint, it didn't think from that perspective. There was a lot of neurology changing by doing all of that work. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, I love that you integrate the law of attraction into this, too, as well, because a lot of people think that business success is just like, you know, you follow that hard work and all of a sudden it's going to make you millions of dollars. Right. It's going to have you grow to one point four billion. But there's also a huge element of mindset and mentality and spiritual work that has to go into the personal development of the leader that then trickles down to everybody else, right? If the leader's no good, like they say, one bad apple can ruin the whole bunch, right? So yes. leadership starts at the very top. You got to be solid up here so that it goes and trickles down and affects everybody in a positive way. And that speaks to your leadership, Ari, the fact that you've been able to build a $1.4 billion company, right? To do that level of production, it takes some serious work, dedication, consistency, and really all of that. So kudos to you on that, my friend. And I'm, I'm so excited to see like your continued growth and everything that's going on in your world and what you're up to at Fund and Grow. And like, tell me like, what's up in your world in the next six to 12 months? What are you guys working on? Like what's, what projects are you up to? What's going on? Well, first, thank you. And I have to give the credit to my team because they're the ones that are churning out the credit every single day. They're the ones that are signing up the clients. They're the ones that are getting the testimonials. If you look at our testimonials, our clients are literally naming the people that they work with. They're so happy with them. So I want to give them the thanks. But um, what we're looking at in the future is, of course, we're trying to just double, triple what we're doing. We're trying to help even more entrepreneurs. We would like to be a household name in helping people go from their white collar job to being able to be an entrepreneur to go from their, their professional job to being an entrepreneur, to go from representing someone else's wares to representing their own. And we would like to, to be a facilitator of that and to help this new American renaissance in that people stop working for these massive corporations that in my opinion, hate us anyway. And that we start to, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, and it's that we start to provide for ourselves again, you know, as small businesses. And I know that there, it seems, from if you are a small business owner over the pandemic, it would really seem like the government was not in any way trying to help you. Like they were trying to shut you down, in fact. And while they were doing that, they were propping up the largest businesses as somehow being like healthier. Oh, you can go in there, but you can't go in there. Why? Oh, that one's big, that one's small. Mm -hmm. uh, so they gave it away. The elite gave it away, we all now know. And so now we know that we have to start our own businesses. We have to represent ourselves. We have to start to make that change because the people up there aren't going to do it for us. Mm -hmm. So being an entrepreneur is about changing yourself. It's about changing your family. It's about changing your community and your town. Amen, Ari. Amen, man. I totally agree with you. You, you change the trajectory of your own life and that's where things are shifting to. You know what I mean? Entrepreneurship is the backbone of America without yes. a doubt. And you are helping them get there, which is so incredible. So now you got to let everyone know where to find you, more info on Fund and Grow, all the things, Ari. Yeah, so people can come to uh, fundandgrow.com. And that's that's where we're at, fundandgrow.com, fully spelled out. And we also, and this is one of the things I, I was forgetting to mention before, was because you asked if I had advice for an entrepreneur, and, the, the, and it was affiliate marketing. But my yeah. second piece is 
work on your social channels, regardless of whether or not they earn you anything. One thing they will do is give you social credibility. Work on them, build them, even if it's just for the following, even if people aren't coming on there and buying your service or buying your product, they're coming on there and verifying your service. They're verifying your product. They're verifying you. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important because as entrepreneurs, you know, for us as Fund and Grow, what, we, what we're doing is when we sit in front of a lead, we're actually applying for a job. We're actually asking them to hire us to build them credit. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we really let them know all the different things that we've done, all of our accolades, all the places that we've been, all the things that we've got done. If we're applying for a job, they need to know who's the best person to hire. And so it's definitely really, really advantageous to work on your social, all the different ones, even TikTok. And even if your demographic isn't included, it's really important to include all of that. And that's one of the things that we're working on at Fund and Grow too. So. That's awesome. I want to see you dancing on TikTok, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Doing the funding dance. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm going to definitely post the link on the show notes for people to access into Fund and Grow for sure. So they can just click on your link directly. But mm -hmm. is there any other place where they can where they can find you, Ari? Yeah, they can find us on all, all of our social channels on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. That's most of, but of course, you can also come to fundandgrow.com and uh, you'll learn a lot about us there under the program tab. You're amazing. Ari, you are such an inspiration. Today was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your tips. I'm sure there's been golden nuggets spread throughout your entire interview. So I thank you so much for being here today, my friend. Truly great. Thank grateful. you for having me, Pam. Thank, thank you so you. much. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdog, underdog, underdog. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. Underdog, underdog.